living. God is living and active in our lives. Glad to be here this morning. Glad that we can praise our God together with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. And as it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 1 this morning, Paul said to the church in Corinth, to the church of God in Corinth, to those sanctified in Christ Jesus and called to be his holy people together with all those everywhere who call on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, their Lord and ours. Grace and peace to you from God, our Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. The same greeting Paul gives us today to the church in Dangerfield, to those sanctified, to those called to be holy people, together with all those everywhere who call on the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And as we think about this morning, I want us to think about the church in Corinth. I know that Tim and the youth have started teaching 1 Corinthians, understanding a little bit about their culture and the things that were going on. Paul went there, preached the gospel to them, and they were coming to Christ. And as they were coming to Christ, they were called to a new life, to live a new lifestyle. And as they were going through that, they still had some of the old habits that would come in. But the very thing, first thing Paul wanted to remind the church in Corinth in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, that you were called to be holy, that you were called to be sanctified, and that you are, as it says here, grace and peace to you from God the Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. Now we think about that and say, man, the church in Corinth must have been a great church, a great example. But then as you start reading in chapter 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, even to the end of the chapter, you see a church that has the vision. You see a church that has sexual immorality. You see a church where brothers are not getting along with each other. And you may think, well, how can that still be called holy? How can it still be considered sanctified? And Paul's going to answer that for us today. Because he wants us, he wants us to know. Paul even had people saying to him, watch out for him. He's not a good one. He's not an apostle. Don't listen to his word. He's not somebody you should follow. He devoted eight chapters of 2 Corinthians about that also. But all of these things happen. But Paul says, first of all, in 1 Corinthians, to the church sanctified, a holy people. And he wants us to hold on to that and to remember that. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, the verse I want us to look at today, he's going to remember us why we should remember that. Why we should bring our focus back to that in our lives. I don't know about you, sometimes we lose focus, don't we? I think I saw, I saw somebody that shared something in Facebook the other day. That said about Satan, he doesn't not necessarily want to destroy us. He just wants us to lose our focus. He just wants to get our attention away from him. And that's so true. In the church in Corinth, that's what was happening. Satan was winning. Satan was getting the attention of the people. And Paul said, I want to bring you back. I want you to know and remember who you are in Christ Jesus. And I know that you can do this. And I know that you can believe this. And he says in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, if you go over there with me as we read these verses together. He begins in verse 7, chapter 6, verse 7. The very fact that you have lawsuits among you means you have not completely, you have already been completely defeated already. Why not rather be wrong? Why not rather be cheated? Instead, you yourselves cheat and do wrong, and you do this to your brothers and sisters. Or do you not know that wrongdoers will not inherit the kingdom of God? Don't be deceived. Neither the sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor men who have sex with men, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor slanderers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. Paul says none of these will inherit the kingdom of God. And that is what some of you were. Paul says, reminds them, that is what some of you were. Without God, without the inheritance of his kingdom. But then Paul goes on to say these three things here. And I'm going to read the verse here in verse 11. And that is what some of you were. But you were washed. You were sanctified. You were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the spirit of God. 
I think a lot of times when we read in the Bible, we see the story of the Red Sea over and over again. Moses opening the Red Sea or we hear the story of it. And God reminds us of that story to remind us that we need to be faithful. We remember the story of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Over and over again, we hear of them when we read the Old Testament and think about them in the New Testament. God says that to remind us, to remind us, to help us to think about the things that are going on and things that are happening. And God wants us through his word today to help us to remember. Yes, these things are going on. But Lord God, by your grace, by your mercy, help us not to continue to do those things. Second Corinthians, Paul will say it was hard to write that letter. But I'm so thankful that that letter was written because you repented in the way God wanted you to. You had a godly sorrow that led to repentance that led to salvation. How much more eager you were to want to do the things that are of God to show yourself approved to those around you as well. And then the very first thing I want us to remember today in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, as it tells us, That the very first word I want us to look at today, and Johnny, you can bring it up here, is that we can remember that we were washed in the blood of Jesus. We were baptized into Christ Jesus. We were washed to have newness of life. The very good thing, the very word washed is a good word, isn't it? Whenever we're dirty, you know, if you were, your kids, when you're dirty, you come home, mama says, go get washed. Why? Because you're dirty, right? Or whenever you see that pile of dishes there that are dirty, oh man, nobody wants to wash them, right? But you got to, because before long, if there's food in there, it even starts smelling a little bit. Somebody, please go wash those dishes. And hopefully, the husbands are going to wash the dishes as well as wives, right? Okay? Saw something on video on that the other day as well. Or even our children as well. But the very idea is none of us want to stay dirty. We want to be washed. We want to be clean. When we get a car or something, if it's dirty, and then, you know, when you get that moment where you can wash it, you want to wash it. You want to get those wheels looking good. You want it to look the best that it can. And God says, I'm ready and willing to wash you. Can you imagine Paul as he was going on that road to Damascus? As Paul was going along that road to Damascus and the things that were going on with him, going to take, bring people, more people to prison because of their belief in Christ Jesus. And as Paul is going along the way, that light appears around him. And that voice from heaven comes and says, Saul, Saul, why, why are you persecuting me? And he says, who are you, Lord? And he says, I am Jesus. And as Paul is made blind for three days, as he goes to the house of where Ananias is, when Ananias meets him at the door, Ananias will tell Paul about his life. And you know, Tim was talking last week about testimony. And testimony is about our experience. Paul is telling about his experience with the Lord and the very experience that he had with the Lord. When the Lord met him on the road to Damascus, he said the very experience he had with the Lord when he went to the house of Ananias where Lord had, where the God, where God had directed him. And Ananias said to Paul, this words, the God of our Acts chapter 22, verse 14 through 16, the God of our ancestors has chosen you to know his will and to see the righteous one and to hear words from his mouth. You will be his witness to all people. Of what you have seen and what you have heard. And now what are you waiting for? Get up. Be baptized and wash your sins away. Calling on his name. Paul's proper testimony. Paul says, you know what? I was told to get up, arise and be baptized and wash your sins away. And the very same word for washing in 1 Corinthians chapter 6 verse 11 in the Greek is the very same word that's used here in Acts chapter 22 verse 16. The only two times that word is used. 
And it's in connection with having our sins washed away. You know what? One of the great things that we talked about last week, also talking about testimony, to be telling our experience with the Lord and what God has done in our lives. I remember I was in college and we were at a retreat in Tennessee at Fall Creek Falls. And that Miss Delma knows probably where that is close to there. Fall Creek Falls, close to, close to Cookville, close to East Tennessee. And as we were there that weekend during the retreat, Saturday morning came along and I decided, you know what, it's time for me to give my life to the Lord. I was so thankful for that morning. And you know what we did? I said, hey, I want to be baptized. So we all got in cars and trucks and everybody who was driving. And I remember as we were going to the water where I was to be baptized, looking behind me and seeing all those cars following one after another. What's the big deal? Maybe in my head it still wasn't. I didn't understand everything. But boy, do I know now. New life in Christ. My sins washed away. You know, I, I remember the guy who baptized me. And he said, Mark, when you come out to the water, don't say thank you, Barry, which was his name. He said, thank you, Jesus. said to say, thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. And that stuck in my heart. And when I came up out of that water, thank you, Jesus. My sins washed away. Washed in the blood of the Lamb. Washed by my faith in Christ Jesus. Just as Peter had told them on Acts 2, chapter 2. Repent and be baptized every one of you for the forgiveness of sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Being washed in the blood of Jesus. Romans chapter 6. When Paul is talking to a church there. Where some of them said. Hey you know what we might as well go on sinning. So that grace may be abound. And he says by no means we should do that. And he goes back and he remembers. Remembers when you were baptized. Remember when you were washed in the blood of the Lamb. A lot of times, brothers and sisters, when some of those old habits want to come up in our lives that we know are not of God, or we are going through things that we don't understand, and we're going through hardships, and maybe sometimes we're struggling with, from sin, our own sin, or because of the anger of the sin of others or things in our lives, don't forget that you've been washed. Washed in the blood of Jesus. That you have been cleansed by His, his blood. Just as it says in Hebrews chapter 10, in verse 21, 22, Since we have a great high priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with a full assurance that faith brings, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us of a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. Let us draw near to God. Let us spur one another on. Let us, as we are here this morning, remember that we are a washed people in Christ Jesus our Lord. And not only that, praise God to all of us, to those who have washed their robes in the blood of the Lamb. We have a beautiful picture. Knowing that we are washed of our sins and cleansed, and knowing that we live our lives here, and you know, while we live in our lives here, we have tribulations and trials. But as we go through them, remembering who we are in Christ Jesus, remember that we have been washed in his blood, that we have been washed to serve. Listen what it says in Revelation chapter 7. And he said, verse 13 through 17, and he said, these are they who have come out of the great tribulation. They have washed their robes. When he asked, who are those washed in robes? They have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of Jesus. Therefore, they are before the throne of God and serve him day and night in his temple. 
And he who sits on the throne will shelter them with his presence. Never again will they hunger. Never again will they thirst. The sun will not beat down on them, nor any scorching heat. For the lamb at the center of the throne will be their shepherd. He will lead them to springs of living water. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. All of those who have been washed in the blood of Jesus. We understand that even though we have tribulations now, if we continue firm, when we get to the end, we will be with Jesus. And we will be able to serve him for eternity in his light on his throne as a people of God. And as it says here, the lamb is at the center and he will lead us to springs of living water and God will wipe away every tear. Lord, what motive should I have to continue to fight against sin? What motive should I have to to want to do your will, Lord? Help me to remember that I'm washed in the blood. May that be my motivation to continue in you, Lord. To know I've been cleansed from my sins. From all the sins that I've committed and will commit according to 1 John chapter 1 verse 7. As we continue to walk in the light of our Lord. But not only have we been washed in the blood of the Lamb. We have been sanctified by our faith in Christ Jesus. Just as it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 6 verse 11. You are washed. You are sanctified. And that word sanctified here is so beautiful. We understand of the word consecrated. We understand of the word made holy. We understand of the word, word be made perfect. Just as it says in Matthew chapter 5 when Jesus says, Be perfect as my heavenly Father is perfect. Perfecting holiness out of, out of love for God. Without holiness we will not see God as the word of God says. But what does it say here? Holiness sanctified by the power of God. Sanctified from what? Free from the guilt of sin. Wow. Have you ever sinned and you feel guilty? Does it ever weigh on your heart? God wants to say to you, you've been sanctified. Don't stay there. Don't dwell on it. Satan wants you when you fall down to stay down and says, you're nothing. Get back up. Continue walking in the Lord. Continue perfecting holiness in Him. Being more like Christ each and every day. Hebrews chapter 10 verses 12 through 14 and 15 through 17 as the Word of God says. When this high priest, this priest talking about Jesus, had offered for all time one sacrifice for sins, he sat down at the right hand of God. And since that time he waits for his enemies to be made his footstool. For by one sacrifice he has made forever perfect those who are being made holy. The Holy Spirit also testifies to us about this. First, he says, this is the covenant I will make with them after that time, says the Lord. I will put my laws in their hearts. I will write them on their minds. Then he adds, their sins and lawless acts, I will remember no more. Thank you, Lord. Romans 6 says, for the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is life in Christ Jesus our Lord. David said while he was letting sin and not confessing his sin to the Lord, that it worked on his body, that it worked on his bones, that he was feeling very pressed. But when he gave it to the Lord and the Lord forgave him, thank you, Lord. Jesus is the one who makes us holy. And because he is holy and because we are called to be his example, we continue to follow in him. We continue to be like him. We have the thought, as he says here, I want this thought in their hearts, in their minds. God doesn't want us just to use lip service, right? 
God wants us to believe with all of our heart, with all of our soul, with all of our mind, and with all of our strength as we look to him. And God wants to remind us, and Paul is reminding the church in Corinth, that you were washed and you were sanctified. And even when Paul was talking about in Acts chapter 26 earlier about his conversion, when we understand what God tells Paul about his life and the things that he's going to do, the the Holy Spirit will say this in Acts chapter 26 verse 17. I am sending you, Paul, to them to open their eyes and turn them from the darkness to light. And from the power of Satan to God, so that they may receive forgiveness of sins and a place among those who are who are sanctified by faith in me. Listen what he says. What's the promise of God when we heard the word sanctified, when we hear the word consecrated? It says means this. You have been brought from darkness to light. You have been transported from the dark, from the power of Satan to the power of God. Your life is now in the Lord. Our lives are still now in the Lord. And just as 1 Peter 2 verse 9 says, We are a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God, to declare the praises of Him who called us out of darkness into His marvelous, into His wonderful light. Paul reminding the church in Corinth, You've been justified. You've been sanctified. And when you've been sanctified, that means the Holy Spirit lives in you. That means Jesus lives in you. That means you've been cleansed from your sins. And you know, a lot lot of times as we sing, we sing different songs. When we think about being washed, we sing songs like, Have you been washed in the blood of the Lamb? Have you been cleansed in the blood of the Lamb? What can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. When we talk about (laughs) we're part of the family that's been born again, All of these things is what we are in Christ Jesus, our Lord. But not only that, when we talk about sanctification. And as Tim said last week, we talk about the word sanctuary. And God says, and we sing sometimes, Oh, Lord, prepare me to be a sanctuary, pure and holy, tried and true. With thanksgiving, I'll be a living. Be living what? Sanctuary for you. You see that? What does it mean a living sanctuary? God, you dwell in me. May you dwell in me each and more every day. May I be filled with your spirit. May I be filled with your word. May I remember who I am in Christ Jesus, my Lord. That through my faith in you, Lord, I have my sins washed away. Through my faith in you, Lord, I've been sanctified, been consecrated to live for you. Lord, prepare me to be a sanctuary. But not only that, not only have we only been had our sins washed away to serve, not have we only been sanctified by the power of God, but we have been justified by His blood. And as we look at the word justified, this next word that we look at as another word, we have been declared righteous before God. Not because of things that we have done, but because of the Lord. Because of who He is and what He has done for us. When we think of the words righteous, we think of Romans chapter 5, verse 9 and 10. Many a times when it says, Since we have now been justified by His blood, how much more shall we be saved from God's wrath through Him? For if while we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to him through his through the death of his son. How much more, having been reconciled, shall we be saved through his life? Amen. Justified. Made righteous by his blood. Made righteous. 
You know, we sing the song, freely, freely, freely give. Okay, so Jesus forgave my sin. God forgave my sin in Jesus' name. And he said, freely, freely. Justified, freed, reconciled to God by his blood. Now we wake up every morning and truly say, as Jeremiah even said, your mercy renews each and every day, Lord, as I rise up in the morning. But not only that, where are we justified from? Justified from sin, freed from sin, but freed to serve. As in Romans chapter 6, as Paul was talking about when we were baptized into Christ, to remember that we no longer live to sin, he would go on to say in verses 12 through 14, Therefore do not let sin reign in your mortal body so that you obey its evil desires. Church in Corinth, you're loved, you're sanctified. Don't live the way you're living. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body so that you obey its evil desires. Do not offer any part of yourself to sin as an instrument of wickedness, but rather offer yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life and offer every part of yourself to him as an instrument of righteousness, of just, of being just for sin shall no longer be your master because you are not under law, but under grace. Paul tells us clearly, Lord God, I've been justified. And may my body be used as an instrument, not of wickedness, but of being just, of being righteous in your sight. It's a great and awesome thought to think of who our God is. And as Galatians chapter 2 verse 20 says, I've been crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live. Yet not Christ liveth, not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith in the Son of God who loved me. And gave himself for me. When we think of our God. And think what he's done. I can't help but also think of other songs. You know one of the greatest things. Sometimes when somebody's preaching. You mention a song. Or Tim has sang some songs during it before. You remember those songs. Don't worry I'm not going to sing now. Okay. But I want us to remind us of another song that we sing sometimes. He paid a debt he did not owe. I owed a debt I could not pay. I needed someone to take away my sins. I needed someone. Yeah. Okay. Take my sins away. Okay. And so Jesus paid the debt that I could never pay. Jesus paid the debt. He paid the debt. And he paid the debt for us to be lived different. He paid the debt because he loved us. He paid the debt because God our Father understood that without his death, we could not be reconciled to him. And so Paul, when he is writing this letter here, In 1 Corinthians chapter 6, when he's writing to the brothers and sisters who are there. And as he starts off that letter talking about the church that is sanctified, the church that is holy, he's going to say, and he says, I'm bringing you back to that. Oh, I want you to come back to those first thoughts. That you were washed, that you were sanctified, and that you were justified. And for three reasons that we can think of this morning, that we were washed, that we were just sanctified, and we were justified. John, if you could bring those up, the next slide, if it comes on up. We are blessed, okay, because, go ahead, because we have been transformed. The blessing to be transformed by the blood of Christ Jesus. The blessing to be transformed from darkness to light. Paul is telling the church in Corinth, you are blessed. Don't forget your blessedness. Now, all these things you got going on between you, And all these sins that you have going on in your life, don't forget 
that you were washed and you were not, you're not called to live like that anymore. Go back to that. Blessing to be transformed. Also blessing to be saved by the sanctifying work of our God and blessed by the righteousness of our God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. When we think of all these things and all these blessings that we have in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, it should make us want to do His will. It should call us and motivate us to want to do His will. But as it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, in verse 9, Or do you not know that wrongdoers will not inherit the kingdom of God? Don't be deceived. Neither the sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor men who have sex with men, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor slanderers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. And that is what some of you were. Brothers and sisters, when we go and tell our testimony, we can say, hey, I struggled with sin. Struggle. But I don't live like that anymore. Do you, you ever heard of, when, you know, when somebody's on an alcoholic and they've been clean, where they say, I've been clean for so many days. The idea of being washed, right? We can say how long we've been clean from the day that we gave our lives to the Lord. Now, it's going to be a struggle while we're still here, but it's worth it. And that is what some of you were. Brothers and sisters, when that old man tries to come up in us, put him back down. When that old man wants to come up and start saying things and trying to divide us, put him back down. When that old man comes back up in us and we are distraught by some kind of thing that we see on TV that draws us into wanting to sin, put that old man back down. Say, no, Satan. I've been washed. I've been sanctified. I've been justified by the blood of Jesus. And as he says here, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the spirit of our God. This morning, if any of you are here thinking, you know what? I have sin in my life and I can never change. Jesus can change you. He can transform you. We talked this morning in our Bible class just a little bit about that. That we can be changed. And we look at somebody and say, how can this be that same person that acted like this and did those things? And we can say, praise God, because that person's been washed, sanctified, and justified by the blood of Christ. If you're not in Christ this morning, we want to encourage you to do being. We want you to be taken from the power of Satan and being given over to the power of God. The power of God where when this life is over, he can wipe away every tear. The power of God where we can serve him for eternity. The power of God where we will sing to him in eternity. The power of God to help us through making it every day as we live here on this earth. And if you are a Christian and you're a brother and sister in Christ. And you've been struggling. God's word calls you to remember and to evaluate yourself. I can't evaluate it. If I evaluate you, I'll evaluate to my standards (laughs) or somebody else's standards. Evaluate yourself with the word of God. Look at God's word. Evaluate yourselves and say, God, I was washed. I was sanctified. I was justified. Lord God, help me to get rid and put that old man down and not forget who I am in Christ Jesus. Question is, in the, in the church in Corinth, did it happen? Did they evaluate themselves? 
Did they listen? Second Corinthians chapter 7 says they did. That they repented of their sins. And this church was even made stronger. Now even in 2 Corinthians, was the church perfect? In our eyes, no. But is the church perfect made holy by Christ Jesus, by his blood? Yes. And we're a hospital. And we're sick. But we know we have the doctor who's there to cure us. And we're here for each other. Not to drag each other down, but to lift each other up. By the blood of Christ. By the sanctifying work of his life. If you have any need this morning, come as we stand and sing. And give your life to the Lord. We hope by listening to this lesson, you have found a better understanding of the Bible. And through that better understanding, find a closer relationship with God and His Son, Jesus Christ, our living Savior. If you have any questions or desire more information, please feel free to contact us here at the Dangerfield, Texas Church of Christ. You can find us at dfield.org. That's D-F-I-E-L-D-C-O-C dot O-R-G. Or you can email at dfieldcoc779 at aol dot com. Or you can call us at 903-645-2896. If you are local to the Dangerfield area, We would love an opportunity to meet you and encourage you in person at 818 West W.M. Watson Boulevard, Dangerfield, Texas, 75638. Our meeting times are Sunday mornings at 9.30 a.m. for Bible class and 10.30 a.m. for worship service, Sunday evening at 6 p.m. for worship service, and Wednesday evening at 6.30 p.m. for our midweek Bible class. Grace and peace be with you always.